Welcome back, folks. This is Locked On Chiefs. He's Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest, a beat reporter extraordinaire, I'm going to say, and he is going to give us the lowdown not only of the Chiefs win against the New York Giants, however slim that it was, as well as the moves that they've made in the aftermath. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back, Matt. How you doing? Uh, hanging in there after a, a late Monday night at Arrowhead. I'm oh, sure everybody had a, had, a, had a sluggish Tuesday. <laughs> I think there was no way around that. Uh, we will definitely cover the game, but I think I flipped the topics. We should probably start with what's going on this afternoon as we, this is way more recent. The Chiefs have made a couple of acquisitions here on trade down day, uh, starting with uh, Melvin Ingram from the Steelers, one that was rumored but thought they couldn't agree on compensation, ended up being a sixth-round pick. How do you like this move for this team? Yeah, I mean, it's the the one need that clearly we've been talking about that the Chiefs have, needing some depth to, uh, and something to, to invigorate this pass rush. Uh, Ingram can certainly do that. I mean, we'll see how healthy he is. Um, didn't play last week because uh, maybe a little bit of a groin injury might have been a little bit of a let's set Melvin Ingram before he goes on the trade deadline. Um, but hey, there's there's reasons to be concerned. I mean, you know, it wasn't a, a great ending in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin didn't have a lot of great. I mean, sugarcoated it, but I mean, he he buried some kind of criticism of, of Melvin Ingram and, and kind of him going out the door. Um, so, hey, I mean, it's always possible that this might not work out. Maybe Melvin Ingram won't be a great fit in Kansas City. Maybe he won't be happy with his role. I mean, we will see. Um, but it's the one one move that I think the Chiefs could have made. Remember, they have very little cap space. So if they were going to acquire anyone and need to be somebody who was affordable, Melvin Ingram is affordable. He fits a need. Um, Six-round draft picks, not a huge cost. So, I mean, for all those factors, I mean, I think you got to say that this was a deal that the Chiefs needed to make and did make. And now it's just a matter of, you know, how's it going to work out for them? Yeah, I think the, the sixth round pick certainly would have been fodder for another trade of picks later in the offseason or something like that. So I, I agree with you. I don't think that's a problem. Comes in at 595K, as I understand. Does that sound right? Yeah, it, it is. Um, I, I had tweeted out earlier some numbers that were actually based on his the uh, prorated of his proration. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's uh, for what's remaining on his deal. It's got about 600,000. That's uh, the cost for Melvin Ingram. So not that big of a deal. I mean, the Chiefs could have afforded it under the, the, the move that they made right there. But, you know, the, the, the second move of the day that they made actually freed up a little bit more cap space for them. So. Uh, oddly enough, they actually end Tuesday with about 500 thumbs out, a thousand some odd more dollars under the cap than they started Tuesday with. Ah, okay. And that second mo- move was the Ron Duvernay Tardif going to the New York Jets, a team, uh, as any team would, he had to waive the no trade clause in his contract in order to go. I, I know he released a statement from, from my take on it. It seemed very much so that. He realizes where he was with the, what the team likes in Trey Smith and that playing time and, and continuing to be on the field was going to be a stretch and that any way out was probably a good thing for him. Is that how you read it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, and that was pretty much the case. I mean, um, last night was the, the first time that he'd been active all season. Um, there was no doubt at this point that he was generally just depth for the Chiefs. I mean, uh, a depth piece that I surely would love to have. I mean, a guy like that being able to come off the bench for you if you need need some help. 
Um, certainly, certainly big, but yeah, I mean, there was no way that barring injury that, that LDT was going to be able to get back into the lineup. Um, if it's important for him to get the, a chance to play again, um, need to get out of Kansas City. So I think that's good. Um, honestly, I mean, a guy like LDT with his story, um, going to New York, going to the media market, maybe it's not a bad, bad deal for him all across the board. I mean, mm-hmm. um, probably a good place for him to be to be able to tell his story. So I, yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's a, a bad deal for anybody all around. Um, we'll see with Daniel Brown what the piece that the, the Chiefs got back, um, how he fits in. Um, certainly the Chiefs have had some interest this year in working with a lot of multiple tight end sets. So maybe he does fit into that. Um, good special teams player. Uh, also, I mean, it, this could, could it be just a salary dump and, you know, the Chiefs just getting the, the one player that, um, was the most affordable and somebody that they could walk away from if they had to. Yeah. I mean, it could be, um, you know, like I said, I mean, as a result of these trades, the Chiefs actually increased their, the room under the salary cap. Um, but it, I, it's hard to see Daniel, Daniel Brown being any, any more than just, you know, a guy on the end of the roster. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what the plan for him is. But the most importantly thing is, is that yes, I mean, it, it freed up some more cash cap space since the chiefs, Hey, they're going to need some other moves around down the road. I mean, you're always going to need to bring in some guys for injuries. You're going to have some more guys end up on IR. If that's the case, they needed a little bit more cap space and now they got it. I, I like what you said about LDT because going to New York, that particular market, that's exactly what I thought too, of any place where you can raise awareness for the things that you believe in, in, in provincial care and that kind of thing. I think that's a good spot for it. And there's always a tie in. Honestly, the league needs a positive story to talk about, get him back on the field that maybe that lets you do that. And I could even see a future where he's related to this league in a capacity on the medical side rather than the player side. Uh, Brown, I think is, I think you're spot on, and I think it it makes me a little bit more concerned. I want to talk about that on the backside of this. Hey, Chiefs fans, we're back with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. Our listeners are getting 25 cents back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the app, Get Upside app, in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you get a bonus, 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's like 50 cents per per gallon on your first tank download that app and use the promo code touchdown drivers are making a lot of money as much as two or three hundred dollars in cash that goes right back onto their accounts and you can use it in any way that you want either your bank account paypal whatever get that get upside app and use the promo code touchdown to start to get 50 cents per gallon on your first tank and 25 cents after that that's touchdown on get upside now in acquiring brown from the, the Jets, like you said, just a guy that's not uh, it's not to run down him, but he is a, a perennial special teams player. 44 catches in, what, seven seasons at this point? Um, not somebody who's going to be an offensive weapon, although, you know, they've, they've made hills out of, uh, out of ant fodder in the past, so maybe that can happen. But for me, it is surprising in that it ties in with a game where they baffled me with the lack of playing time for Noah Gray. Four snaps. Four snaps on a guy that you spent the entirety of OTAs manhandling, squeezing into this playbook to try to make him viable. And I don't understand what the delay is or why of all positions you would go out and look for somebody else at that position when you have him sitting there. Is this an alarm bell for what Noah Gray is becoming or not becoming? Um, A, a little bit. I mean, if for no other reason than... I mean, Noah Gray looked... Really good during OTAs. 
and during the beginning of training camp, looked really good. When he didn't look good was when the pads came on. Mm-hmm. And that's always a kind of a, a, a warning sign, you know, with players that, you know, when, when the hitting starts, that's when they kind of shy away. I mean, there's a lot of guys who've looked pretty good with the shorts on. It's when the football gets real that, you know, that maybe they shrink a little bit. And that's not to say that, hey, that that's going to happen to Noah Gray. Maybe it's just simply part of the transition. I mean, this is a guy that that I think needed some more polish. I mean, I, I wasn't told, entirely sold that he was completely ready to, to come into the league and make a big impact. Um, I think the Chiefs certainly thought that he was going to be able to make a more of an impact at this point than he has. Um, which I think you're right. I mean, it does it does raise a little bit of a, a question mark because, I, I mean, even though, you know, Dan Brown is not a, you know, what I would call a prolific receiver at all, um, not a superstar blocker. I mean, he is a former basketball player. I mean, he's very Demetrius Harry-ish in some respects in that he's a guy with some pretty good hands, you know, can move a little bit, has some athleticism, you know, can play special teams. I mean, sounds very, very familiar. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if 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 Brown comes in and starts getting a lot of snaps in front of ahead of Noah Gray, or Noah Gray becomes inactive, yeah, I mean, then I think you start to really wonder about what his future is. Don't cross, no, don't don't write anybody off. But I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, Noah Gray has made less of a contribution than the Chiefs expected this season. Yeah, I, I'm certainly aware of that too. We're going to run down all offseason about where it fits longer term. Hopefully, they can get some some play out of them. In the meantime, another position in this ball game against the Giants that Drove me a little nuts, um, and that is the the ghost that is Josh Gordon um, in terms of targets coming in underneath Blake Bell, who still didn't produce any catches with those targets. But is this is there still a disconnect with the offense with Josh Gordon, or is this just the rut and the routine and and the rotation that the Chiefs seem to get in, and when they forget about some of the extraneous things that they should be trying to work in? Well, I mean, to me, it plays into what I, I've I've thought for a long time, and I've said, and, and I and I said was kind of the you know one one concern with Gordon. Andy Reid's offense is really hard to learn. I mean, guys need an entire off seasons to pick it up, and sometimes that's not even enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Gordon's been a guy who's gone into New England and picked up an offense and and started making contributions really quickly. Uh, did the same thing in Seattle. I mean, it took a little bit longer in Seattle, but. Hey, he was able to do it and started started contributing. Kansas City hasn't happened yet, and you know some of it is probably certainly you know Mahomes getting on the same page with him. Kind of he's he's going to have a better idea about where other guys are over Josh Gordon. So unless a play specifically designed for Gordon and he knows where he's going to be specific route, I, I think it's it's really hard to kind of shoehorn Josh Gordon into the offense at this point. But that said, I mean, he's still, I think, a more viable long-term threat than than some of the other guys that they've got right now. I mean, this is Judge Gordon. I mean, he's got the athleticism to make it happen. It's just going to be a matter. I, I I don't think it's necessarily a matter of of Gordon picking up more of the offense or anything of like that. I mean, he can he can pick up a little bit more. But I mean, some of this is just going to be that Josh Gordon's going to be kind of flying blind this year. I mean, when you're picking up an Andy Reid offense, it's just that complicated and hard to do. Doesn't matter how bright you know Josh Gordon is, and people will rave about his football IQ. Mm-hmm. It's just that Andy Reid runs the most complicated offense in the league, and that's an issue. And until until Patrick Mahomes gets comfortable with Josh Gordon and knows where he is and can find him, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the Chiefs are going to be kind of you know bumping their head into the wall on this one. Let's double down on that concept about how hard it is to play in this offense that Reid has developed late this afternoon. 
another release that could be cheap, could be viable, and certainly understands the offense. Is there any reason for the Chiefs to look into Deshaun Jackson? No reason not to. I mean, I'll probably kick the tires a little bit. I mean, um, haven't I'm not aware of anything that's you know soured in the relationship between Andy Reid and Deshaun Jackson. That would certainly you know be a big plus. Um, you know, and, and hey, one of the things with 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 Josh Brown was that you know, hey, he or Josh Gordon rather, he felt you know a little bit comfortable coming into this offense because there were some similar concepts being used in Cleveland when he was there. Um, been a lot longer for Deshaun Jackson being in an Andy Reid offense, so mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, a lot some of the terminology, some of the concepts will have certainly changed, so it wouldn't be initially a completely smooth transition, but I'd kick the tires, see what happens. I mean, because yeah, if this is a guy that you can bring in that's affordable. Um, somebody who wants to be here, yeah, that could that could be a nice addition. Let's see. I, I think it's worth taking a peek. We have to get into what Melvin Ingram does to the defensive front, who's playing well, and what they can do from this point. We're going to do that right after this. I, I was having a good time being in a matchup there with the Jayhawks over the weekend at BetOnline.ag, and that's where I did it all. So check them out. They're the number one spot for basketball and football. I know there's other sports, but I do don't care so you can bet them if you want you won't find me doing it but that's fine if you know it there's a prop there's a game there's a contest of any kind you can go find it on betonline.ig if you do please use the promo code lockdown that'll get you a 50 percent uh discount or deposit bonus that is so that you put in 100 bucks you get 50 as well that's a nice way to do it and then as you're going along you can spend that wherever you want or bet on whatever you want you can play casino games um, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get all your action into it on your fantasy sports, favorite sports, not fantasy sports. That's wrong. Uh, but it's one spot and you can do it all. It's, it's a really good interaction. Um, and I had a great time doing it this last weekend. Um, just hope that the jobs can pull that out next time. Um, but check it out. Betonline.ag where the game starts. We got to tell you about our pals at Built Bar, and you've heard us talk about them before, and we just can't stop because we enjoy them so much. Whether it was the special flavors like the coconut brownie chunk or the grasshopper cookie, like there are a number of things that make them very unique that they make their bars for their customers. And at the end of the day, they're all nutritious in terms of right around 150, uh, 130 to 180 calories is the range, all with 17 or 18 grams of protein in one bar and low sugar, low net carbs, like five grams of sugar on the average. And it comes in handy when you're trying to fulfill your workout regimen, whatever diet plan you're on, whatever you're trying to do nutritionally, Bill Bar can help you there. And at the end of the day, they taste great. And that's what it comes down to with all their flavors, whether it's the coconut chunk brownie, uh, whether they're standard flavors like salted caramel cookies and cream and German chocolate. Uh, mint brownie is one of my favorites. There's a lot out there. I think you'll find something that you can enjoy today. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. Use that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order at built.com. Making the trade for Ingram certainly gives you another bookend. Frank actually had five pressures against the Giants. I think that's more about the Giants than it is about Frank, but that's a whole other day to discuss that. What this does is give you three guys that you have to pay attention to, though, and I think that is helpful you think overall that this front, even a little bit more uh, a flash from um, Jaron Reed, can they get something going here in the second half of this season? I mean, it's going to be a little bit dependent on how they're able to use these guys. Um, you know, for one, we are probably talking about the Chiefs having three guys you got to pay attention to, but three guys that are also all hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we'll we'll see. You know, he'll go through the physical. The Chiefs will kind of figure out where where Gordon is, but. You know, we already knew he had a little bit of a knee problem coming into the season and, you know, was 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 out last week with the groin injury that may or may not have been 
a play. I mean, we'll see. Um, Chiefs will kick the tires on it and see what happens there. But we know Chris Jones and Frank Clark have been hurt. And and I'm not sure that either one of them. I know Chris Jones told us, you know, Monday night, he's not 100%. Um, I, Frank Clark, even though he, he's hinting at us that he's getting better, I still don't think that he's 100%. You know, that's three guys that you do have to rotate a little bit. Then, yeah, I mean, that's what you're maybe acquiring here is just a little bit of depth. And the question's going to be, can you get those three guys on the field at the same time? Well, if the Chiefs continue their plan with Chris Jones, which is that he's going to be an edge defender on early downs and then kick inside on passing downs, then really your only opportunity to get the three of them on the field is is in pure passing downs. And if that's the case, it's going to be the Chiefs dependent on getting offenses in the passing downs on first and second down. And that's continues to be the trouble. They did it really well against the, the Giants on Monday night, and that allowed them to get more Chris Jones on the inside and think he was a little bit more productive as a result of that mm-hmm. um but it's going to be completely up to how the chiefs are viewing this transaction is this a hey you know what we can give chris and frank a little bit more rest rotate melvin ingram in there and so no, there's not too much of a load on all three of those guys or is this melvin ingram's here to play the edge chris is just going to move inside whether whether he likes it or not he's going to be playing more on the inside and they're going to try and get those three guys on the field. I mean, that's to me the question about how you know the space Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid want to play it. Might not find out immediately. I mean, I can see the Chiefs coming in and and kind of working Ingram in, not just throwing him out there for eighty percent of the snaps on day one. So mm-hmm. we will see. It might be a few weeks before we figure out what this rotation is, and then too, I mean, if this rotation is going to work, right? There are still some question marks there. I think we found some answers at the next level with the way that not only. Nick Bolton continued to play at middle linebacker, but Willie Gay started to really come into his own back-to-back interceptions now. I think a guy that showed that he can play all phases of the game. At this point, when Anthony Hitchens returns, does he need to go play Sam and not go back to that middle linebacker spot? I mean, I, I think that would be the best defensive look for this team. And um, maybe we saw a little bit of a hint of it, you know, against the Giants. I mean, there was still a lot of rotation amongst, you know, those two guys and include Ben Neiman in that too. I mean, they they were just basically fairly even as far as playing time goes. I mean, yeah, you know, Neiman and Bolton had a few more snaps than Willie Gay did, but essentially, I mean, it was a pretty balanced rotation amongst the three with, you know, Dan Sorensen seen a lot of time in the box too. I mean, he was essentially that fourth linebacker against the Giants. You get Hitchens back. I mean, yeah, I, I think your best lineup is exactly what you said. I mean, you know, throw Hitchens in at the Sam, let Bolton stay in, and the mic. I mean, I think they would still, even in that scenario, I think they would still rotate Hitchens and Bolton a little bit. I think they would still let, you know, Hitch play a little bit of middle. Let's see. I mean, I, I think, I, you know, they don't, they let the Chiefs, Andy Reid, big philosophy, you know, hey, you don't lose your, your job due to injury. This mm-hmm. might be one of the exceptions to the rule where maybe your role changes a little bit because I think this defense has been better with, with Bolton and Gay out there. I mean, you can see, I think that those two are really playing off of each other. They enjoy playing together. They complement each other really, really well. So I think you need more of those two guys. And 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 Hitch, I think, just needs to – I mean, I think it's time for him to find a different role. Yeah. I mean, and certainly when they're in the base and you can play all three of them, great. It, it becomes who's going to be out there when it's two linebacker sets, and, and maybe there is more rotation right. there. Willie Gay needs to be out there the entire – the thing that I'm pointing at is that it is time to replace Ben Neiman in this rotation and not have him on the field because you're not getting the level of play that you have to have from him and Dan Swanson together, bumping everybody down. Everybody's up in arms that Jalen Smith's been released again. 
I am not one that is a proponent of this because if you look at this season in both towns that he's been in, I don't know that he's an upgrade even over Ben Neiman. Do you think this is even worth looking at for the Kansas State Chiefs? You got two teams that seven and one, right? Yeah. That have passed on him in one season. That's a bad, bad sign. And then you look at the film, and that's a bad, bad sign too. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I you, no, no, no. You got you got two young guys. You don't you don't want to mess with those two young guys. And you got okay. enough. You got you got enough problems as it is. No, you don't need that problem, folks. Dan or Matt and I are together on this for right now. <laughs> um, we'll we'll get Dan's opinion later. Even though you might be tempted to try to upgrade over Ben Neiman, that Jalen Smith isn't the answer. So we're we're going to leave it at that. The last thing, Matt. This was a team that they should have spanked. Quite frankly, uh, there has to be as much yep. as there's relief for getting a W. There has to be some down faces in in Arrowhead today. Is this enough for them to get going in the right direction, or is this still a floundering ship with no direction? I mean, that's the I think the really frustrating things is that the last two games seem like a big step backward for this team, um, especially the Giants game. I mean, I think it's it's part of the same you know downward step with the Titans game. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense was is not the same offense that we saw a month ago. You know, it's not just even the turnovers at this point. It's not the penalties that are killing this team. I mean, it's just not making plays. Um, a month ago, it was simply that this Chiefs offense was running up and down the field when they weren't turning the football over. Now they're not doing that. And hard to say, you know, to me, how much of that's really on defenses and how much of it's really on the Chiefs right now. Um, thought the opening drive, which was obviously very well scripted, mm-hmm. um, very effective. It was exactly what the Chiefs have basically been indicated that they need and want to do. Um, they use a lot of short passes. They use a lot of quick hits, working the edges, all these things to move the ball down the field and just, Hey, if, if you're going to that, do that die of a thousand cuts, the chiefs did that. I mean, they took advantage of exactly what the giants were giving them. Got a bad break on the interception that maybe was a little bit of a press from Mahomes on, you know, trying to fit a fastball into a very tight window. Um, but, then you, the, the 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 offense comes out for the next couple of drives, and it wasn't turnovers or or penalties that were killing them. Um, it was just misconnections. You know, I, it looked like that they got away from certainly the the quick passes. Um, they were taking a few more shots downfield. Mahomes was, you know, and I I get that this is what everybody loved about Mahomes early, and still and it still is an incredible talent of his is to find you know receivers downfield and identify that. But when teams are playing you the way that they are right now, there's never going to be anybody open. I mean, you've you've really have just got to sacrifice those downfield plays and take a look at what's what's underneath and what's intermediate because it seemed like last night a lot of secondary targets were were open uh, in favor of throws that were going to guys that weren't open or Mahomes was escaping, you know, pressure that I'm not sure was there trying to buy time for something to open up downfield. And, you know, that's where the, I think the next the next step is, is that as much as I think that that Patrick doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I mean, they're going to you're just going to have to continue, you know, that take what's there. And some of that is going to absolutely have to be on the play calling, because you know what? It may be that you just can't give, the, you know, you know, Patrick, the option of going downfield. Mm-hmm. Maybe you yeah. just need to for, you know, force it that, you know, Patrick, you cannot be able to throw the ball 50 yards downfield to Tyreek if Tyreek's not down there. And I don't think last night proved, if anything, I don't know. I've never known how you defend 
Tyreek Hill on an eight yard out. I don't know how you defend that. Yeah. I know how you can defend him on a 50 yard bomb because you can put three guys on him. You can't defend <laughs> Tyreek Hill on certain, on some of these short and intermediate routes. And to me, mm-hmm. I mean, take advantage of that. I mean, especially with the way that teams are beating the crap out of Travis Kelsey right now. I mean, you're just going to have to continue to doing exactly why I think this team did really nice last night. Take advantage of the pop passes, uh, take advantage of, you know, the motion to, to get some of your speed guys out on the edge. And because those were brutally effective. But I mean, what was it? The stat Mahomes completed all 15 of his passes behind the line of scrimmage. And a lot of those were shovel passes, screen passes, pop passes. My numbers, I believe it was 14 of 33 on throws beyond the line of scrimmage. That's not that's, that's not good. And no, if that's that, if that's what your quarterback's doing, you can't do that right now. No. Then you you scheme around you scheme around what's wrong with your quarterback. Yeah. Take the jab. It's there. Pepper them all day long. Folks, we're going to get more into this as we get ready for the next contest against the Packers. We'll try to circle back with Matt. If not, we'll definitely have him for post-game. Matt, thanks for taking the time today. Absolutely, Ryan. Take care, my friend. Folks, you have a good day. We'll talk to you next.